There's a threat in the world today. A threat to our way of living, a threat to our society, and maybe even a threat to our very existence. And what is this threat? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. He is the one. I am. I am the ass. He is. And we are Black and White Sports. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? I'm supposed to be a franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. How am I not found the best fight in the world? You tell me. Because you're retired? Come here, I want to see your face when you ask him this question, and the way you're going to ask it. Little man in the eye before you try to kill him or make up something. He went, he went through my soul. And I'm not surprised. What is going on, BW Sports One World? This is the one right there. I am the ass right here. This is Black and White Sports, powered by First Financial Bank, 3535 East 96th Street in Indianapolis, and our rock star realtor, Sean Nugent, 317-503-8322. Sean Nugent, the rock star realtor. Damon, what is going on, sir? I am just a bill, bro. You are just a bill. I'm just a <laughs> well, we are. Uh, we can go ahead and welcome in our guests. We have a special guest tonight. Um, we are talking to the Missouri Southern State University head football coach Jeff Sims. Go Lions! Go, go Lions, <laughs> Jeff! Welcome and I uh, thank you again for coming on with us, sir. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Let's give a little quick bio of you, you know, your personal experiences growing up around football or whatever else you did, where you're from. Uh, let the viewers and the listeners know, and then, uh, yeah, we'll see where, where that leads. Well, I grew up in St. Louis, and, uh, you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, my mom's a hairdresser, and, and we grew up in North County. It's not it's not the, the best area of St. Louis, and, and – because God blessed me with the ability to catch up football. I, it opened up some doors for me, and um, I was able to go to the University of Tulsa and play football there, and I ended up getting my master's degree from Baker University, which is in Kansas. And, you know, like everybody, I had a dream of playing professional football, but, you know, you you, you kind of run out of real estate after a while and realize that, you know, you, when you put in that much effort, that if you put it into – you know, uh, your career, you might have a better opportunity for long-term success. So uh, I had some good coaches in my life that really helped me. And, and so I asked them if coaching. And, and so uh, I got into a job at Maryville High School, which is in the north uh, west area of Missouri. And I coached there and got my first co college coaching job at Central Missouri and uh, then went to Baker and, and got my master's degree. And while I was at Baker, my head coach afforded me the opportunity to uh, recruit California. And so I recruited California and uh, went through a junior college there called Mount San Antonio Junior College or Mount Sac and made some connections there. And uh, about two years later, I was at the coaching convention and uh, they were advertising for a receiver coach and I uh, applied for the job and, and got it. And that's really where my career kind of started getting some traction. And, and, and the reason is, is, is any profession, if it's coaching, if it's, you know, radio broadcasting, if it's 
business, real estate, you're about as good as your connections. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I always tell our players that it's 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 you need to know what you're supposed to do professionally, but you need somebody to believe in you. And so, you know, you got to make those networks. And, and at Mount Sac, I was able to make connections. And uh, when I was I started having success at Mount Sac, it started leading into uh, better opportunities. And, uh, you know, those better opportunities were head coaching positions. And um, I've been the head coach at four different places and uh, three of them we went undefeated at. And uh, now at Missouri Southern, we're trying to turn it around and, and, and build this into a national championship program. And uh, we feel like we've, we've really laid a good foundation. Um, and now we're working through the challenges of 2020 and, and uh, you know, no matter what those challenges are, we met on Friday and, you know, it's, everything's really up in the air. We're scheduled to play right now, but as we all know, things are changing pretty rapidly i've told our players i uh, you know some of our players i I try to explain to them i go they they may cancel the season but they're not canceling football we're gonna play again so whenever that next game is if it's in this september or next september we're gonna be prepared and we're gonna have a plan to do what we need to do today to be prepared for that day so so we're we're still working really hard and and uh, we'll be ready when they allow us to play again well, stand stand on that track. You know uh, how how confident you are at the uh, Division Two level that you guys will will get a season in. I'm not really sure what your um, what your uh, um, fan base is with the how many students or fans are at your games. Unlike the large amounts that are at the Division One level, I know that's a big concern with them. How much of that is a concern with you, and how and again, what is your percentage, what you think that you uh, will get a season in this year? Well, to be honest with you, I know about as much as you do. And and the reason is, is I'm not in these conversations. These conversations these days are being uh, dictated by governors and college presidents. And and, and what I've tried to tell our players is – at this time to be a great leader, sometimes you got to be a great follower. So, um, you know, every day we're getting up like we're playing in September and, uh, you know, we'll do that every day. But, but when our leadership tells us what we're going to do, that's what we'll do. Now, my personal opinions is, is, you know, you can just watch what's going around you. I mean, if, if 80,000 seat stadiums are only going to have 15,000 people in them, then I don't know what 15,000 seat stadiums are going to have in them. And so, um, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know that anybody's listening to my opinion on this, but just watching the tea leaves and stuff is if we play, I, I almost be surprised if we had any fans, um, but I'm not the expert. And, and the, the reality is, is I want to play. Um, and the reason I want to play has very little to do with the game. It has to do with the impact of the game. I, I just don't, I don't know how, you know, being at home and being social distance and, and those things are beneficial to young people. And, and, and uh, we need to, uh, you know, we need to get together. We need to get to go to school and we need to get to be in our activities that th- these are not selfish activities in the sense that we're wanting to do them because we, we want to play a sport. We're, we're wanting to do them because we, we create relationships and, and, and networks and, and, and memories that, that right now it just didn't feel like we're making the right type of memories. And, and so I, I hope we can work through this stuff and, and we can find a way that we can play. Well, gonna stay in with this again. Um, what how are you preparing right now for the season? I know that you know you guys are very limited on what you can do um, 
physically, obviously, together and all that. So how are you preparing your team for a possible uh, first game in September? Well, and, and I, I agree with you that, that we are limited, but uh, there, there has been a little bit of a change this year. In, in, in Division II football, typically you're not allowed to coach your players during the summer. It's, it's against the rules. It's, it's actually one of the more limiting rules in all of college football. High school coaches have more contact than Division II coaches do during the summer. <laughs> um, but, but this year, uh, because we didn't have spring ball, the NCAA said, that we could have voluntary uh, practices. So we don't wear helmets or pads or anything like that, but our players, if, if they sign a voluntary uh, waiver and, and, and want to attend and stuff, um, are able to attend practices. So we're lifting and running and having seven-on-seven seven, uh, four days a week, Monday through Thursday, and, and we've had great participation in that this summer. Yeah, um, stand on the field type type questions all right so i i'm more on the basketball side i just finished watching uh some tournaments here in indy of my daughter's aau team and so i'm watching how they have these things structured and i come to find out about an hour ago they're moving two national tournaments from two different states here to indy because we're capable and have been holding you know holding serves so to speak on the rise of the COVID, um, I think that that basketball they have a little bit more of a of a play with, but I'm more interested in how to see how they work the football. You know what I mean? Because I know, yeah, you sweat and all that kind of stuff on basketball, but football seems to be just a little bit more, just a little bit more grimier, so to speak. Less, you know, for less of a better word, I'm anxious to see how how that works with. Um, all the social distancing, you know what I mean? Like, are they going to limit the number of players for travel? Even though they do break it down to just conferences, conference players, are they going to limit the number of travel where it's not like 110 guys on the, on the sideline and it's more like 45? You know what I mean? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, you asked me what my thoughts are, and, and, and the best word I could give you is confusion. Because, uh, and I and I mean that sincerely. Is is all the things you're saying are right? Football's physical. We sweat. We're a lot more con. There's a lot more contact. I don't know what to believe when it comes to this this COVID deal. If if I, I I've read article after article after article, and then our actions seem to be totally different than the information that I'm I'm given. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you talk what you talk about your daughter. My, my, your daughter's playing basketball, AAU basketball. My daughter's playing uh, travel softball. Well, these kids are playing more than than our college kids are, mm -hmm. and 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 everything I read, I've I've read multiple studies, and I look, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. I'm just saying what I read that you can't get COVID outside. You know that that outside is very hard for it to transmit. That that, that you know. If it's going to transmit, you have to be within six feet of people and you have, you know, I mean, I just don't, everything I read is that our, our, our young people are safe and that the odds of, of, of getting it are not high and that the, you know, it, 
you know, as I said, you, you, I, I want to be supportive of what our leaders choose to do. And, and because right now we, we need to figure out how to get through these types of things. But some of the things don't add up. You know, I just, you know, when this COVID thing started, we, we were talking about deaths. Now mm-hmm. all they're talking about is cases. You know, I mean, the cases keep going up. Well, if we test more people, of course, more people are going to have it. And I just, I just, (laughs) I just don't, I don't, you know, I want to be loyal and supportive and all those things. But I, as again, the more I read, every time I read, you know, the the, the age group that we coach and that we teach, they're going to be fine. Now, they may catch a cold. All right, but but in, unless you're older or have a uh, compromised immune system, you're going to be fine. And and um, you know, so I, I would I would think we could be able to play and we could do the things. Um, but you know, I I just I'm not a doctor, so I'm very hesitant to say we should do this because I'm not doing the studies. I don't know, but I just I I would tell you as a as a athlete that. You know, I'm not worried about catching a cold. I'm just, it's not. I mean, you're at the, most of these athletes, you know, uh, from all the way down to, you know, 11, 12 years old, up to, you know, the the college kids, you know, they've been playing. They're they're at the peak of their health. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Their, their right. immune system is at the top. You know, it's young, it's vibrant, plus they're active. So even if they do get a little cold, it's not going to be something that really, really, you know, punches them in the gut. So they might be a little unpleasant like the flu would be, but I think they'll be all right. But what I'm most concerned about, kind of the things that I've saw, that I've seen over the weekend, over the past two weeks, you know, each facility has been regulated differently. You know, you walk into one, they don't, they're not requiring you to wear a mask. And there are six feet distance to you, but people violate that and they get all in it and no one really says anything. Then they got places where, you know, they stagger your time. You know, all the people out next group in after sanitary and things, they try to take care of But the thing that I don't get is you have them walk into the facility wearing a mask. Everybody's walking a mask, but then you let them get on the court or on the field and then play. I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> right. Confusion. Thought, like you said. I, I guess, so yeah. it goes back to your confusion. I just feel like we should we, we should be given the information and 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 then decide what we want to do. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand why you got to wear a mask and be six feet apart. Like like I if I'm wearing a mask, do I have to be six feet from you, or shouldn't it be I have to be six feet from you if I'm not wearing a mask? I don't I don't understand. And and you know and I, I just there's a lot of illnesses and 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 risks in life and. I think they should just be giving us the information and we should be deciding what we want to do with that information. I just don't want to sit up in the house, you know, and, and, and stuff. I want to live my life and, 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 uh, you know, and, 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 you know, be healthy. And, and I just think it's, I just see, I, you asked me about our, our summer. I just see how valuable it is when, when these students are around each other and, and doing positive things, when they're mm-hmm. when they're not, it's it's just you know it, this is their opportunity and, and life's meant to be lived and you know but but again I'll be supportive of what you know our school our state and and our government ask us to do uh, you know but uh, you know I just 
I, I feel like it's there's a lot of confusion right now, and I believe there's lack of leadership. If, in my opinion, I don't think there's a lot of people making decisions. They're waiting for other people to make decisions, mm-hmm. and they're going to follow those people. Yep, I agree. All right, well, let's turn this away from the from the COVID uh, as of right now. Um, let's talk a little bit about about your program, man. So you've been you've been at uh, Missouri Southern for this will be your second year, and yeah, we're going to our second year. That I just saw, like, man, you're you're a good coach, bro. And I mean, the one thing that I noticed before we get into some of the on the field stuff, like you were talking about when these kids get together and they do positive things. One thing I see here is that your your team recorded its highest GPA mm-hmm. in more than seven years. Right. Well, that's that's cool right. of you to notice that. And you know, I, I do believe winning's a habit. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that you you know what you do one thing you do all things and so uh you know we're just trying to help our players create winning habits and, and as i said my success in life you know you 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 complimented you said that you're a good coach and i appreciate you saying that but i that's because i had good coaches and that's that's the truth i learned from those men and and stole things that they did or taught me it gave me the answer to gave me the opportunity to coach these guys. And so um, I've been doing this. It'll be my 13th year as a head coach. It's my 26th year coaching. And so what I do with this team, I've learned from players, Paul and Levante David and Mike Hughes and, and, and those types of people. And, and, you know, we do have a high team GPA and that's because when we come in, one of the things that we establish in our program Center. We have academic support for our team. And I believe that your players play harder for you if you show them that you care about them off the field. So, uh, you know, we really work hard. You know, when I was that age, um, you know, if, if you'd have told me I had to write an eight page in this paper or go out and fight five inches, I'd rather fight five inches. You know, these guys stay there. They say they'll they'll play in football, they'll play in basketball, they'll play in video games. But if you tell them, hey, let's challenge each other in a math test. So, you know, the, the reality is, is you guys have no idea how good football Twenty plus years since I played, but you know, every time you speak, you're going to. So, uh, we're we're trying to trick these guys into an education through football. Uh, you know, we use their passion for the game to. That helps us be better football players. Nice. I mean, yeah, I don't want to cut into Damon's time here, but he's sitting there. He puts – no, I'm just joking with you, Damon. Uh, I'm looking at some of the, the accomplishments from just over the year, and these numbers are phenomenal. You know, single game record with five passing touchdowns. You know, uh, the MIAA, 42 first downs. You know, stuff like that's, that. That's the one I like. That's ball control right there. That, that's total. That's nothing. That's ball control. That was the problem itself. So we're 
we're trying to, to do things the right way on a daily basis. And hopefully that will add up to every success and continuous success and field success. And, you know, I will tell you what the challenge is with people that have passion for the game. You know, so every day we're trying to help these guys develop you know, their game and their lives so that they can be the best that they can be. And, and it, it's fun to be part of the, the process. And it's a really awesome opportunity to be, be with these young people at, at this point in life. Yeah, so kind of going uh, a little bit back, and, you know, we were talking about pre- preparation for the season this year, but you've been involved in different levels of coaching from, you know, obviously before high school to high school to college level. What are the differences and the similarities on both hands here, similarities and differences in coaching the different levels? You know, that's a, a really good question. I don't get asked that one a lot, uh, but I think I have a good answer for I've been a head coach first in high school. Hey Jeff, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you, but your 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 volume's cutting out real bad. Well, I was wondering that you have a little bit of trouble here too. So uh, okay. There you go. So, I don't think you're good now. Can you hear me better? I, awesome. I'm getting that close up shot. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we like the close up. So uh the uh the, the 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 answer I like to give is my my first coaching job ever was at Pasadena High School and my and not first job but my first head coaching job and uh, you know and then I've been a college head coach and, and so I've been asked what's the difference between coaching college and high school what I like to say is this is when you're in high school you should make every decision on what's best for the individual make mistakes uh, when you're developing your program. Sometimes it's important to keep that young person involved in the program so they can learn and develop and, 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 and mature as a, as a young man. When you get in college, one thing that I really try to work with parents on is that when your son goes to college, he's a man now. Um, you know, I have a 19-year-old son and a 17-year-old son, and, and both of them are in the Army. You know, I don't get to call their drill instructor and talk to him about, you know, he's not having a good day. <laughs> it's, it's, his, it's their job to learn the skills it takes to be successful in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you've done this for 26 years, you have hundreds of guys went through your program. So, you know, you, you've proven that, that if you do things the right way, good things will happen. So in high school, the program should always do what's best for the individual. In college, the program should always do best what's best for the program. And as a, as a man, to fit into the organization. Uh, at the high school level, I believe football is there to develop individuals. Well, I like it. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you coach a total of 26 years total of different positions and places in head coaching. How many, how many uh, athletes have you been affected, have you affected that has made it to the, the top level, has played pro ball? Well, you know, there's, they, they, uh, we have a saying in our program, ain't bragging if it's true. So, 
You asked. Uh, <laughs> 56 NFL football players have made $221 million. Nice. Wow. I like you know, it. I mean, the most famous ones, Jason Pierre-Paul played for me. Levante David played for me. First-round draft pick of the Minnesota Vikings. Mike Hughes played for me. Uh, Stanley Jean Baptiste was second-round draft pick against uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, my most recent big-time draft pick, uh, Lonnie Johnson, was second-round draft pick uh, for the Houston Texans. He's from Gary, Indiana. Uh, so uh, then Rayshon Wilborn, uh, who's from uh, Michigan, uh, he's just the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, I, when I was the recruiting coordinator for uh, uh, Indiana, that I got to know both of those guys. And, and you know, I've been very successful because I, I'll be honest with you, I believe that great coaches are made by great players. Uh, we don't win our games because I, I draw, draw the greatest play, all right? Uh, I was taught as a player. I had a college coach who, named Carl Bowser who's in junior college Hall of Fame. He used to say, we'll tell them the play we're going to run and we're still going to run it. Mm-hmm. And and reality is, is if I have, you know, you, you know, you're a basketball guy. So if I, if I have the Kobe Bryant's and the Michael Jordan's, it really don't matter what I run. So, you know, we, we, I feel like it, I like coaching. I like learning young men who have talent and I like helping them organize their life and, and organize their academics and, you know, and then they go on the field and they play great for me. Um, it's not play and, and, and trick trick anybody or anything like that. I just believe that I have very talented, hardworking players and that, that that believe in our system. And that's why that's right. I always like the uh, saying, "What is it? Uh, talent wins game. Talent might win games, but." Uh, Teamwork and hard work, or something, an effort wins championships. Yeah, yeah help me out there, David. It out. Just I love it out. It's the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and the O's. There you go. See, I can remember that a lot better. <laughs> oh man, this is. Um, let's see. So, you got anything else for him, Dan? Um, no, I. Well, yes, I do. Oh, uh, I, okay. I do got one. Go right. ahead, Damon. I'll let you go first. Oh well, mine's a little a little difficult because I'm not really. Um, I didn't get to talk to you earlier to know what we could talk about, what we could talk about, but not to get too political because I don't want to ruffle any feathers or anything like that. But you being in in Southern Missouri, um, it's a little hotbed, you know, for social justice right now. Um, have you had any concerns with that when it comes with uh, the communication with your your team? your program and your university? Well, you know, that's, that's a good question. And, and when you talk about, um, when you talk about COVID and playing football this year and stuff, you know, I think that's the elephant in the room also is that, you know, I may go out and I, I read these articles that say that, that, that COVID won't affect young people and, and, and they can, it's safe outside in the sense. But I would tell you that, that, Parents aren't as trusty uh, right now as they have been in the past because of the things going on in the world. And in 26 years, I, I've never remembered a year like this year when checking players in and, and things like that. There was a difference when, when normally when parents are dropping their sons off, you know, they're sad because um, that 
they're they're going away and they're not going to be at home anymore. But I would tell you that that you can see it in some of the mother's eyes that you know in in, 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 in more in our African American young men is that you can mm-hmm. see their nerves. It's not. I don't believe it's that they're coming to play in, at our university. I think it's they're they're scared to send their sons off into the world right now because it's it's such an interesting dynamic right now and 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 it, it's it's one of the reasons that I I believe we need to be playing football. We need to be, and it's not just football. We need activities. We need mm-hmm. you know the three of us sitting here talking. You know we need to be people and and communicate and interact. And, and learn from each other and, and if it's football if it's fraternities if it's the the business club we we need to be interacting and, and, and when we're not interacting you know then we get nervous and fearful and stuff and um, you know but yeah we're, we're, we're all dealing with those things uh, you know I the the biggest thing that I've addressed to my players is 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 this is and, and if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I, but I believe a lot of the people that are protesting and marching, they're protesting and marching because they feel like they're being oppressed or they're not getting the opportunities that, that are fair. They're not being treated fairly. And while a lot of our players can, can relate to those people, a lot of our players do have opportunities. So I'm encouraging of those opportunities so that they can help those who don't have the opportunities we you know we need to take advantage of our education we need to take advantage of football opening up the door to get the education because it's it's awesome to to use your freedom of speech it's awesome to to use your voice but if you can get into the system and become a doctor a lawyer a politician I, I think it, it's it's a lot easier to fix things inside the program than it would be outside, and, and so hopefully our guys are able to get their education so that they can make change that that we continually grow and be better as a country. But, but yeah, they, I, I would definitely say there's 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 yeah, there's a fear there's a fear of being sick these days there's a fear of of you know conflict with all, all the different issues going and and uh, I just hope. We can keep working through these things and, and, and get to some more positive things for all of us. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, so I'm going to lighten. I'm going to end this with lightening the lightening the conversation <laughs> up now. Jeez. So I gotta gotta ask if you didn't, you know, if you weren't in football, what would be your next sport to go to? Well, if if you ask me if I wasn't in football, what my next would be is I I do love baseball. I I, I right. you know, I was a good baseball player in high school, but there's a difference between baseball and football. To me, uh, baseball is a game. You know, you play double headers. You know, you you can go 162, and you're like the best team. So you lost 62 times. All right. Mm-hmm. In football, you lose the game. You you might be out of it. Yeah. To me, football was an event on Friday night, on Saturday. It was all week long. You you know, you play your rival one time a year. You know, one like every other sport, there's it's home and homes and things like that. You get one shot, so that's why I like football. But I love baseball, playing playing catch and, and and hitting ground balls and and doing all those things. I, I do love baseball, and and uh, uh, it, it's it's probably it's my pastime. I you know I'm a 
diehard Cardinal fan. And, and I kind of figured that's so unfortunate. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, kind of, kind of the way I would hit. Yeah. So you're obviously Go not Reds. happy about the. So you're obviously not happy about the MLB right now and all their shenanigans. No, that I mean, uh, let's just play baseball, man. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, who's your uh, favorite college team and uh, pro teams growing up, as far as football? Well, okay. So you asked me about sports, and I I like baseball. Uh, my my grandfather played professional baseball in the majors, and okay, he was a Pittsburgh Pirate and a St. Louis Brown, and grew up in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. So I'm a diehard Steeler fan. I'm a diehard Steeler fan, and and then um, you know the, the, you got Steeler. There you go. There you go. I'm a diehard Steeler fan. And, 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 and then when it comes to college, uh, you know, I I have so many buddies and friends that coach in college that I don't really root for teams. I root for, um, you know, the people that are that are playing. Uh, I see you got, uh, you know, a Michigan banner. One, uh, one of my former coaches uh, coached together, and, and we had a player that went to Purdue. And so when he went to Purdue, uh, that coach of mine uh, was an Ohio State guy. And I asked him, I said, so when Purdue plays Ohio State, you, you're going to root for Purdue, right? And he's like, no. He said, I'm going to root for Jeremy. He said, uh, I'm, I'm, but I'm rooting for Ohio State. I said, so you're – I said, you don't know any player on that team. I said, they, they would probably run over you if you were in the middle of the street. I said, but you're going to root for that jersey over the people you know. So <laughs> I would tell you that I root for people in football. Now, I am a psycho when it comes to Cardinal baseball team. So, uh, you know, I am a fanatic when it comes to Cardinal baseball. But when it comes to college or pro football, um, you know, I, I, I definitely root for people. I, I coached with Eddie Brown, who is Antonio Brown's father. And so, you know, I, you know, as a Steeler guy. And so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm rooting for my guys out there. And it's, you know, I'm hoping the Buccaneers do really well this year. They got Tom Brady and, you know, I got a couple guys that play for them that play for me. And so, uh, Jason and, and Levante are both on their team. So I'd love to see the Buccaneers have a good year. All right. Well, I mean, I can't be amongst, uh, smart people all the time with when it comes to the teams that I like. So no, I'm a I'm a Reds fan, born born and raised Reds fan. Um, so we both have the the joined hatred for the uh, Cubs up there in the north. But uh, yeah, I think we definitely have a hell of a rivalry between our our two teams every year. I, I I love the organizations and then you know you got our general manager a couple of years ago and I think he's Walt Jockey's a, a one of the reasons we were so good and and so you know the Reds are the Reds are a great organization you know so base baseball is fun you know like I say it, it, that, that's what we missed this summer it's kind of like an everyday thing you can you can live or die every day with your team and and that's what's kind of fun about the summertime. Yeah. So real quick, I got a story to tell them. Uh, so Jeff, when I went, I took the family to St. Louis a couple years ago, and it was it was oh, actually opening night for the Major League Baseball, but the Cardinals weren't playing in town that night. So we go to we get into town. We go to Mama's on the Hill. It's an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Oh, okay. absolutely. So I got my Reds hat on, and I'm not thinking anything of it. We sit down. Everybody's staring at me. My wife's looking at me. She's like, why is everybody staring at you? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. 
after we order the the drinks, you know, the waitress comes back. She goes, you know why everybody's staring at you? I'm like, I would love to know. She goes, check your hat. I'm like, oh, damn. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, let me tell you a quick story. I, I have some friends, you know, that are Cub fans or Royals fans or whatever. So they, I don't think they understand. It, 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 look, Nebraska, they love the Cornhuskers. Ohio State. They, in St. Louis, the Cardinals are personal. Like yeah. it's it like it's a real thing and and uh, so we go to a sports with my friend that's a Royals fan and there's there's literally seventy five TVs in the sports bar and every single one of them is on the Cardinal game and I mean it's loud music's going and the the game's on he leans over the bar and says hey excuse me could you turn this one TV on to the Royals game Ooh. I swear the music stopped and everybody looked at him and like. No, <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good stuff, right that there. Is good. Well, Jeff, uh, we want to thank you again for coming on, taking some time out with us. Um, appreciate you coming. If you got anything to, uh, you know, shout out to anybody or let anybody know what's going on with the Lions, let them know now. Well, I appreciate you guys reaching out, and, and I really do hope uh, that we get to play football this year. But we're, we're going to get back on the field regardless, and the, and the Missouri Southern Lions are going to work hard you know, every day towards our education and to our goals on the football field. I would tell you, you can see I got a clean cut right now. There's a young man in Webb City named Christian Hetty, uh, number 88 for the Webb City Cardinals, who's battling stage four cancer right now. And uh, they have a fundraiser going for him the next couple weeks, and they had one where if you shaved your head, they donated $250 to the cause so if you go on our facebook page you might be able to help out christian hetty and and uh you know that's what football is about it's about being a team and come together so i appreciate you guys really having me on the show it was a blast no awesome. we appreciate having you and we'll make sure we'll get that up uh the yeah. facebook link up so people can see it too so yeah go ahead awesome, and, uh, man. jeff message me that link and uh we'll yep. put it out no doubt so thank awesome, you guys man. very much all right, Jeff. Appreciate it. Wish you. Thank you. We wish you the best. So I hope your season, when your season gets going, wish you the best. Hope you go ahead and win your national championship. It'd be awesome. Well, if I do, get me back on the show, okay? Definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, you have a good one. Be safe. That was cool. Yeah. That was awesome. I like it. I like yeah, it. I like it. Right. Well, you know what we're doing. That guy right there, he's the one. Hi. This guy Hi. right here, Hi. he's the ass. Uh, I'm just the one bill. He's just, just the, the one, one bill. bill. This has been <laughs> Black and White Sports, brought to you, powered by, as always, First Financial Bank, 3535 East 96th Street in Indianapolis, and our rock star realtor himself, Sean Nugent. Check him out, sean.nugent at talktotecker.com or call him 317-503-8322. And as always, Damon, tell them what we do. We keep it. We no. keep Andy sporty. <laughs> Peace.